Welcome to the making of Smiling Company, everybody. This is uh, now apparently one of the co-hosts. My name is Brian, and I'm with Ashley. <laughs> Good to see you. That's me. Good to see you. Um, well, we figure we can do this consistently because we live together. So, still doesn't make it easy. No, no, it does not. In fact, we were watching White Lotus, and you. You made us stop watching so that we can record. That's correct. Um, well, so we're a couple of weeks down from the last time. Um, we were talking about some of the construction challenges and um, just overall things that have been going on with the practice. Um, what's been going on for the past couple of weeks in the Smiling Co. world? Um, so I visited Smiling Co. Roseville <clears throat> this morning. Actually, I visited on Wednesday and today, and today I met with Leo, my low voltage guy, and we walked the space and um, marked where he wants, or he asked where I wanted to have all of the speakers for the the audio, Mm -hmm. all of the knobs, who's going to get the knobs, and also the security cameras. That's kind of fun. It was really fun. Like, I wish I had somebody there recording that meeting. Oh. Yeah, but it was just the two of us, and I thought it would be weird if I was recording us while he was talking to me. <laughs> Can't you just held, like, a 10-foot selfie stick so it's kind of far away so he doesn't really see it? I think you overestimate my upper body strength. <laughs> a 10-foot pole, is that sounds heavy. Maybe not that far. Or, like, set up a tripod. But we're walking. Oh. That would be the weirdest tripod ever. Don't they have drones yet that can, um, like, artificial intelligence-wise, just follow you around and um, be able to record everything? Um, sure. All right. Okay, so construction's coming along. Um, you want to know what it looks like? Yeah. Because the last time we recorded, and because we did it so so recently ago, I remember what we spoke about, we and about? we were just talking about how the drywall was going up. Oh, okay. So the, the drywall is going up. The drywall is up. Drywall. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that update. The drywall is up, and it looks like an office, which is so exciting. Yeah. Oh, so I think... Um, so the drywall was go was going to be going up uh, when we talked last, right? Um, so I actually put a poll up on uh, the making of uh, Instagram page to try to see what. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, to see what people thought, you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of exciting days in construction, right? I mean, obviously, you know, demo day um, right. is is kind of fun. Um, you know, the final day of uh, when you're doing the final walkthroughs and stuff, obviously, you know, come to fruition. Um, but I think demo. I mean, I think drywall day is kind of a big one because it's one of those days that you actually start to truly see the vision of the space, right? You know, having the walls framed and all of that is like, yeah, you can kind of see it, but since you're still seeing through everything, right. the, it doesn't actually look like the space. But um, so it I thought that, real now. yeah, I felt like the like drywall day is like, okay, that like I can really see the footprint of what's going to go on here. Um, nobody agreed with me oh, <laughs> on, really? on the poll. Uh, demo day and uh, final walkthrough won resoundingly. Hmm. Not a lot of people were fans of um, uh, of drywall day. 
Well, I love drywall day. I thought so too. I, I thought it was, I think it's a pretty impactful day to see things. You know what would be really cool if we knew how to do video editing and this video that we're posting to YouTube could have a a walkthrough of you doing the walkthrough with the drywall. Oh, yeah. Like a picture in picture. Do you guys remember that or are we old? No, picture in picture I think still exists. Oh, really? Pi- uh, like picture in picture was so high tech. It was groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking. <laughs> um yeah, but we don't know how to video edit, so that's not no, going to go so on onto the happen. YouTube channel. Uh, but if no, it you're listening, solo, yeah, by itself. Yeah, but yeah. if but if you're watch, listening to this podcast, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, nice plug. Um, so so there's your construction update. Uh, what's happening in the office? What's happening in the office? I did I tell you that I had to reapply for my practice loan. Hmm. I think you would talk. No, maybe. Tell me more. Yeah. So because we purchased the building and because that took so long, I mean, just the permitting process alone was six and a half months long because we purchased the building. It took um, like it added basically a a year, Mm -hmm. year and a half. What do you think? A year? A lot of time. Because we put the initial LOI letter of intent, August, 2021. And we didn't start, we didn't close on the building until June of 22, June of 2022, but we couldn't get our plans for construction approved until October. Was it October? My gosh, it was so long. It was so long. Anyways. So Typically, a startup will do a, a lease, like a, you, you find a, um, a nice space in a retail center, high visibility, and then you, you negotiate a few months of, of free rent, but your practice finance loan starts to take, take effect, what, like six months into the, into the build-out process? Yeah. So this is now approaching a long time. And um, I had no idea that my loan was set to expire next month. So um, that means that I had the pleasure of reapplying for the loan. And I kid you not, that was actually very stressful. Well, one, because I hate paperwork. Mm -hmm. But two, there have been significant changes financially since the first time we had applied for the practice finance loan. Do you remember? Yeah. What was the main change? Gosh. Okay. So um, I think one of the biggest things, so I got, I had my, my phone call with the underwriter. So basically the last person that you are going to get through before they're going to either approve or reject your, your loan extension that was last Friday, and he was asking why our revenues were down. And um, yeah, so our revenues were down significantly. I think we had said we dropped 400000 last year. Yeah, which, um, and I told him, I was like, well, um, I cut back, I cut back to two days a week I was previously working for. And I did that one because 
I had more meetings with construction and overseeing that that project. But also, we hosted our first retreat for this group for the making of. And Judy was um, Judy basically made sure that the office was still running. But Colin and I, we had to do all of the the planning, like set up the meetings, all of that. And so it was basically a, a two woman, two and a half woman plus Brian. Um, whenever Brian could help, it was it was a lot of woman hours outside of the office. And I know that it wouldn't have happened if I worked four days a week. Like dentistry is draining, and I didn't want this to be something on the back burner. So I cut back. I cut back clinically. And um, if you listen to our last podcast, it. I mean, our numbers showed. Yeah. I mean, it was a drop for sure. It was about 17% decline. So you math whizzes out there can actually figure out. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot. See, I'm glad I don't do math on the regular. Well, I mean, I think there are some practices that. I thought it was only 10. A little over that. Um, 10 would imply that you did $4 million, right? Okay, so in 2021, we were at 2.4 mil. 2022, it was, yeah, two, almost 2.1. Yeah, a little over over two. Um, So, I mean, it was was a little bit of a decline. And, I mean, I guess, you know, obviously you have to uh, account for that or they have to account for that for for the loan purposes and such. Um, You know, but so let's, let's use that to kind of pick up where we're going. So... You know, obviously the first practice is it slowed down a little bit mm-hmm. um, and you've been kind yeah, of Yeah, so he working. wasn't too happy about me cutting back because his first response after, because he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so you you drop down from four days to two days, but you will be resuming four days. Yeah, underwriter, don't listen to the podcast. Don't listen to my next words. Whatever you have to tell him to get him to, to just sign off and get it going. Um, but that's not the goal, right? I mean, the, the goal isn't for you to go back to Smiling Co. one, four days a week. Um, so we're going to work into, you know, towards the goals, which are building two successful offices. Um, and so how are we going to be focusing on um, Folsom? I think we talked about marketing. You, you said that you were going to start marketing at some point. Yes. So, so okay. So yes. so you're yeah. So we talked about that already. But I mean, what so what kind of things have you been thinking about or working on the past couple of weeks um, to to try to help um, stay you know more steady the ship and get it back uh, on a growth trajectory for for Folsom. Well, one thing that that I am being more intentional about is meeting with our docs. So I had two separate lunch dates with um with each of my associates and it was it was really nice to be able to connect so we blocked we blocked it on the schedule because you know what doesn't get scheduled doesn't happen so i came in on a thursday and a wednesday that i wasn't um scheduled to come in and we we put in two hour blocks in their day and I treated them to lunch. And but before that, I should backtrack. Before that, Judy and Colin and myself have been creating 
written documents on expectations per position. And I think that's one thing that we didn't have before. I'm trying not to move. You move a lot. I move a lot. Like a lot. A, a lot. lot, a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to just burn more calories that you know. You're trying to just figure out how great you can make the audio for this recording by moving as much as you can with your bubble jacket on. <laughs> it's true. I'm sorry, guys, if you're listening to my bubble jacket. I, it's freezing in our house and we can't turn on the heater because you'll hear it on, so, the, on the microphone. So instead of hearing the heater <laughs> that's three feet away from, uh, Ashley, you're hearing her bubble jacket squirming in the chair. Um, anyway, so you made me lose my train of thought. So, so you're, so you guys have been working on oh, yes. actually um, creating some uh, checklists or whatever expectations. Sure. Okay. Per position. Got it. So before we had the lunches, my associates both got their list of expectations. Um, and I tried to make that as detailed as, as possible. And then it was great because they knew exactly what I was thinking, but we were able to, not we, they gave me feedback on what they need from me too, mm -hmm. to be better, to get our office more efficient, to be more productive. So it's, it's always nice to get out of the office and just talk, just mano a mano. Yeah. What are some of the things that um, they want you to be able to provide for them to for them to be more successful? Like, what can you do as the as the owner, doc, the leader? Yeah. Um, well, one thing that that one doc brought up was the fact that I. Uh, actually, both docs have brought up the fact that we try to implement systems, but I don't hold the team accountable. And when things aren't audited, they don't get done. And, and that is something that I know I know is my biggest fault. Like I have many faults and that for sure is one of the biggest because I changed my mind at the drop of a hat. We've been open five years. We've had five different consultants <laughs> in that amount of time. And whatever flavor of the week, whatever podcast I listen to, whatever book I'm listening to, I want that implemented like yesterday. Yeah. And the, the forms, like even if it's a, uh, what is it called? Um, a route slip. I, I, I don't even, I can't even keep track of how many times we've had a route slip, like modified to the point where now like the route slip is still something that the, the team will get half the time. And um, Tiffany, I know she listens to the pod. Thanks for this feedback, Tiffany. Um, she basically told me, she's like, everybody means well, but if they know that you are going to change within a few months, <laughs> then why do they have to do the work? Because it's only going, it's, it's, it's going to shift. Things are going to evolve. Mm -hmm. And 
And she told me, she said, whatever you're planning on doing, everyone is behind you. But you have to see it through and you can't, you can't shift from it for at least one to two years. And like me being the um, emotional one, like it was really good to hear that feedback because quite honestly, I get frustrated because the way I see it is if I continuously have to remind the team, show up to huddle on time with a pen and a highlighter ready to take notes, ready to see who can, um, who still has treatment and, and all of this that can be added same day, who has balances, whose family members we haven't scheduled in a while. Like, and I consistently see that they're not taking notes or they're not showing up to huddle. Or we have a break room door that I've even had, had Julie print out a sign that says, please keep door closed at all times, employees only. And I do that one because I don't want anybody to see our break room. But two, more importantly, that's where the team puts their purses. So a security measure. And every day, multiple times a day, the door is not shut. So in my head, I'm thinking, I don't know if they are respecting me as, as their boss. Um, but I also, I... I can't think that way. Like I, I know that I am emotional and, um, and my, my gut reaction is, okay, whatever I'm saying to them is if it's not getting done, it's because, and then I create dot, 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 create the stories in my head of, mm-hmm. of the excuses. Yeah. But in reality, it's just because I am horrible at keeping people accountable. Yeah. And I mean, in reality, sometimes you think you close the door and it didn't close all the way. And yeah. you know, there's a, a million yeah, exactly. practical reasons, right? Yes. Um, so I gave you a book last week mm-hmm. um, that I started listening, a book, yeah, audio book um, that I started listening to. I heard this uh, gentleman on a podcast, um, the Learn, Learn Leader podcast for those interested. Uh, and I thought it was very, uh, a great podcast. And I thought it was a very interesting um, topic. And so uh, the book is called Buy Back Your Time by Dan Martell. Um, and uh, I'm bringing that up and maybe we'll get further into the book, but um, in in the book, they kind of go through and he's talking about how uh, entrepreneurs are kind of addicted to chaos um, because, because, you know, you know, particularly if you grew up in chaos, right? If you grew up in chaos, it kind of lends to entrepreneurship because, you know, you're kind of used to functioning at a high level with a lot of things going on. Um, And as you're saying, this constant change and constant evolution thing, it comes to my mind about, can you just be addicted to the chaos of it? Like almost, you know, he he even talks about like where he has friends or uh, colleagues that he's worked with or people that he's uh, coached, uh, where it's almost this inadvertent self-sabotage where things are going great. Let's change something because things are going great um, to make it so that there's things aren't going quite as great. Um, 
do you feel like there might be some of that inadvertent changes to things that are going on because you thrive in the chaos of it and 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 focusing on the chaos of it allows you to focus on something rather than other things that are like you know i don't know wilder crazier dreams and such no i don't (laughs) i don't thrive in chaos Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I would like you to go to the YouTube channel and watch Ashley's face for the past 30 seconds of this conversation and see if there you might have a different response. Um, but I'm okay. So in general, do you think that maybe that entrepreneurship or entrepreneurs or like, you know, obviously a lot of the docs that are in this group listen to this podcast? Um, do you feel do you feel like there might be some element? Um, and, you know, self-sabotage obviously sounds like a very loaded thing, but like little things that, you know, seem like they might be smart decisions, but in reality are probably making life a little bit more challenging for people when there's an easier way or an easier solution. Or maybe just no change is a better solution. To be completely honest, I, I think... I don't thrive in chaos. I think that I am the chaos. (laughs) And I think that that is more accurate of a statement, especially if you work at Smiling Co. So my decisions to always hire a consultant and and pay someone else to, to teach me how to not be chaotic is is all of is the only reason why I've tried to okay okay so the office takes the shape of the leader if the if the office is successful it's the leader if the office is not successful it's the leader and my bad habits of being not so efficient I know you called me called me out on that last episode not being efficient not being organized, um, not being systematic. I feel like, not I feel, I know that those same traits, my team has also succumbed to. You, what is it? You, you don't rise to, you don't fall, you don't rise to the level. Okay, I'm totally butchering, whatever. Okay, see, so I just want, my team to be able to not be in a chaotic environment. And, and I realize that I am not the best person to implement this because I am not the integrator. I'm the visionary. And what I'm, and I actually am so glad that you recommended that book to me because he talks about how you really need to be doing the things that you love, that you are good at in order to propel your business. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've, I've hired all of these people to help. But it also, it makes me, um, I feel like it's also on my shoulders to be the auditor. 
So even though I don't, like it's not in my DNA to write checklists and write systems and write playbooks, I want somebody who's going to do that. But at the end of the day, if I'm not the one checking up that these things are happening, then nothing is going to get implemented. Does that make sense? Sure. So you want some somebody to help you with implementation. But I think anybody who's listening to this is going to question how five consultants, five dogmas, you know, different ways of looking at things in five plus years um, is, can, can actually be that. Yeah. Right? I mean, because I mean, any consultant who's worth their salt will tell you it takes time to actually get traction with anything right yeah um you know no one's going to come in and say oh month one you're gonna grow by x amount right um if they are if they do they're you know the snake oil salesman it takes time for all this stuff to take effect um and so i mean that that becomes a a challenge and i think that's what you said that you know your your feedback was was you know how do you just stick with something because it, it it will get worse before it gets better you're changing things and people are you're changing behaviors you know, it's, it's just like your health, right? I mean, the first three weeks that you're not drinking coffee as somebody who just recently quit coffee, not super happy with life. Right. And like, you know, and now um, seven weeks later, like it's, it's a whole lot easier to not drink coffee every day. Right. And as a very simple thing, when that's a, you know, that's a, a, a physiology of, uh, of, you know, a, a, a drug that has a eight hour half-life or whatever it has. I mean, you know, for you're talking about things in your practice, it takes a lot longer than that to be able right. to to work through it. Um, but so you always, just have to stick to it. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think it always sucks before it gets better. I mean, it's hard. Change is hard. Mm-hmm. Any change, whether it's even though even if it is uh, for the better. So that's where Smell and Co is at. Right on. Um, and we're going to be implementing more of. The departmental meetings. So Judy and Jules met. They were they're my two woman admin team. And the plan is because we are opening a second location, the plan is that Team Folsom, well, we're gonna be splitting up the team in half. And Team Folsom needs to be at a place where they can be running efficiently and profitably without whoever I decide to take to Roseville and vice versa. So, so what's your, what's your five-year vision for these two practices? I mean, I want, I want both practices to be okay in five years. Oh man. Five years, I would love to be having two profitable solo practices. Okay. I hope it takes you less than five years to have two profitable practices. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, fee, fee for service. Okay, so we already talked about you getting out, out of network with Delta. Um, or Yeah, so the yes. Dig a little deeper. 
That runs without me? I don't know. That runs without me. I don't set your dreams. And this is this has kind of been our conversation for six, five, six years, whatever it's been, right? Yeah. I don't know what you have going on inside your head. Um, <laughs> I, I want to be, I want to still be doing cosmetic dentistry off of, out of both practices and be the specialist. So having at least one full-time associate in each location, doing the bread and butter, having two hygienists in each location, um, servicing our target demographic, Mr. and Mrs. Wilmore. Still my favorite. I know. I've gotten a couple texts from you guys, and it's awesome because you'll just randomly text Mr. and Mrs. Wilmore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I, 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 I really, really love that uh, description uh, so much so that I think I posted it on all of our different uh, socials because I think it's just hilarious um okay all right um so what else is going on um I don't know. talk to me a little bit more about your interpretation of the book so can I tell you so this book um and I'll link the book in the in the show notes because I really like the book I'm almost full finished I with really it. love the book I actually we're going to go to Barnes and Noble on Saturday I want to buy the hard copy yeah yeah um but anyway so I started listening uh to the book and I sent it to Ash and I was like, Hey, I think you'll actually really like this book. Um, and, and I sent her the podcast thinking, thinking maybe I haven't listened because to of yet. your sporadicness, you'd prefer a 45 minute podcast over an audio book, but you chose the book first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kid you not like later that morning, I think it was, uh, she, she sends me a text message and it's like, I get it. I finally get it. And, um, I mean, part of the reason why I really like this book is, that, is because I definitely understand his thought process and his philosophies. And I feel like it's, in some semblance, a lot of the things that we've been talking about for a long time. Yeah. And like, she was in the intro. Like, not even, she didn't even start the book yet. I was, was no, it? it was like chapter one. <laughs> it was either the intro or chapter one. And she texted me, I get it. I finally get it. I'm like, dude, I swear. Obviously not very good at communicating. I guess that's why I haven't written a book. Well, any woman knows that they don't actually listen to their spouses. Yeah, it's probably true. Yes. Well, so tell me, so what, what, what did, what clicked? Like, I mean, I, 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 we're going to share this book with people. We find we've found it interesting, probably going to be something that we'll end up diving a little bit deeper to, um, at some point within, within the group, um, as we create the, the making of a book club, uh, but we need a book club. This uh, this is this is the first one because it's it's something that you found. Wait, what is it called? How to buy back your time? Yeah, I will. Um, I will actually pull it up right now we and just to make sure we have the exact right. Dan Martell, can we buy back your time by Dan Martell? So it's really good, and I think what clicked for me is that it's actual, actionable advice. It's not theory. Yeah. He's a, he's an entrepreneur, right? I mean, yeah. like he's, he's a guy that um, has started a number of companies and sold a number of companies. And he does, I mean, he does coaching um, with real life people and he uses a lot of those examples. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, so what, what was the thing, what were the things that were starting to make a little bit more sense? Um, I know we've 
my office has done this before, but really writing down exactly where your time is going in a day. And then he, he has you highlight in different colors the things that are, um, well, first, he has you divide your hourly wage. Do you remember the formula? It's like yeah. whatever you make in a year divided by 2000, 2000 and then you. Well, so his, his theory is for everybody to have an understanding of what it is that your time is yeah, worth. Yeah, your time is worth, right? And so, you know, in theory, if you make $100,000 a year um, and you divide that by 2,000 hours, which is, you know, roughly a work, week. The, the, a work year. Yeah, the average number of hours that people work. And obviously, Everybody as entrepreneurs probably works more than that. But, you know, um, if you just use that as your given work here, right, your your time is worth X amount of money, right? I think that works down to 50 bucks an hour. Um, and so you're, you're, he says that anything that you can get somebody to replace your uh, what you're doing for a quarter of your hourly wage is always going to be net profitable for you, right? So if we're using, sticking with this, this example, if your time is worth 50 bucks an hour, anybody that will do it for $12.50 is something that you should give to somebody else because that gives you more time to focus on $50 an hour work. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I, I love that idea. I love that theory. Right. And so that means, you know, if you can get somebody to wash your dishes at home for you for $12 and 50 cents an hour um, or, or whatever it may be, um, you know, I'm keeping this to the practice. Like if you can get some, somebody to, to help with one of these things for, a fraction for a quarter of what you're capable of doing with your time. That's what you should, you should focus on those higher value ideas. Right. right? And not, and not just higher value from monetarily, but higher value internally too. Right. Like mm -hmm. the things that actually fill you up and bring you joy. And, you know, because it, you know, for particularly for entrepreneurs, when you're in your happy place, when you're in your creative, joyful space, you're going to just be more effective. Right. Right. And I know that I get stressed out and I'm just not in a good mood if I am looking at um, spreadsheets and bills and, um, and all of that stuff. So I actually, at the beginning of this year, I... I finally, after five and a half years, I released the reins on paying bills. So now Judy does that. And Judy and Colin, they are, um, it's, it's, I can't even tell you how sweet it is to not have to do that. And I'm sure from both of their perspectives, how sweet it is that they don't have to wait for me to to pay invoices and then um, get a oh, balance due, past due notice because I hate this. So of course, if I hate it, I don't do it. And and now weekly, they are giving me emailed reports of um, what they use the credit cards for. And, um, and Judy gives me on top of the expenses weekly, she gives me a, a list of income. So, um, 
every every day. She tracks diagnosis, um, uh, treatment presented, treatment scheduled, who um, who didn't schedule, and those patients will be highlighted in red. And she'll give me all of the the banking stuff. So so now I just get an email, which is which is really nice. Just stresses me out. I hate numbers. <laughs> well, and I imagine for them, it makes them feel a lot better not having to hear you bitch and whine about having to pay bills because it makes me feel better not having to hear you bitch and whine about paying bills. So I can only imagine them because I, I think you stopped complaining to me about it. Beginning. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like listening to the book, I, I mean, he talks about how like the people who are are running so many different companies, like Richard Branson, he used as an example. Mm-hmm. Richard Branson has, what, 100,000 employees? Something. Something, 400 companies. And he spends less than two hours a day on business stuff. And then he also talked about Oprah's day. Like Oprah Winfrey, she's worth, what, $3 billion now? And her day is, well, one, she's like amazing. And I want my day to be like an Oprah Winfrey day. But I mean, it, it makes sense. Like when, when entrepreneurs try to, um, try to do everything and wear all the hats and do, do the things that they don't want to do, they get burnt out. And then that business doesn't propel. It doesn't grow. And he even talks about how the entrepreneur will unknowingly self-sabotage just, just to make it go away. You're looking at me like I'm trying. I'm trying to make it better. I'm trying to make it <laughs> no, better. No, I'm looking at you like we just had this conversation 15 minutes ago. The self-sabotage yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, but I just identified a lot with yeah. what he was saying. Like he just... Uh, it, it just clicked. It just clicked the way he, he talks about it and the way he uses his examples. And then he also addresses the, the um, what is it called? When you, when you, um, not the conflict, no. Um, the, the excuses, like he addresses, okay, well, most people will say, well, I can't afford to pay so-and-so for that. Yeah. Um, and then his reasoning is you really can't afford not to. And he said, the first thing that you need to offload is your calendar and your email. If at, if you do anything at all with, after reading his book, those are the two things that he's most adamant about. So we need a personal assistant. Yeah. So if anybody's looking for a job, um, Ashley and I are looking for a personal assistant. I feel like it's like the wrong crowd that you're. Oh, um, that's true. <laughs> well, if you if you, uh, yeah, you're probably in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he also. I, I remember before before I started reading the book, you randomly texted me, and you're like, "We need a house manager." <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, I I mean, you know. I, what is, I mean, look within our house, right? Let's use our, our house as an example of how to take this through. I mean, what are the things that we hate doing? 
Cleaning. Cleaning, right? Okay. So, laundry. So yeah. So we got it. We got we got cleaners. We don't have somebody once a week on. though. Yeah. But it's only clean like the first few hours until the boys get home. Yeah. Yeah. So what um, do we do? We get a full time uh, house cleaner? Well, I don't know. I don't think we're there yet in this world. But um, but yeah, I mean laundry. Um laundry is the bane of any parent's existence, oh particularly if you gosh. have three boys that uh, all play sports. Him change clothes like four times a day yeah so you know lots of laundry um like i'd love to figure out how to offload the laundry to to somebody um i want i want to pay somebody to organize like to declutter so during the pandemic can we can we pay somebody to put your clothes away when you uh, throw them on the floor (laughs) you know why because we don't have a hamper in our master bath or a primary bath. And I don't want to take off my clothes, go naked, and drop it off in the laundry room. So it just stays on the floor yeah. until our cleaners come. Because, of course, you got to clean before the cleaners. Yeah. There is never a time that Ashley does more housework than Friday mornings before the cleaners How dare our cleaners judge us? I know. Can you guys message us and let me know if you also clean before your cleaners? I mean, we also tell our kids to clean up before the cleaners. Oh, yeah. We're like, get Uh, shit away. Cleaners are coming. (laughs) Our boys don't understand it at all. They're like, the cleaners are coming. Like, yeah, put your toys away. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. So we're going to probably talk a little bit more about some books as we're reading through them. And uh, I think that'll probably be a regular part of our conversations and integrating how that's, you know, affecting the way that you think about the practice and affecting the way that the mind's working. Mm -hmm. Um, What else you got? You got any closing thoughts for, for people this week? If you have an, an administrative assistant or personal assistant, will you message me and let me know how that's going? how the learning curve is. Cause I know that. Oh, objections. That's the word. Overcoming objections. Yes. Object objections. So a lot of the objections with offloading your email is, well, I get sensitive information. We get banking account. Like you, you're basically privy to all of that information. If, if you're letting someone else check your emails first and that does make me, nervous um but the author basically says you know like this is me and I am a very successful like he runs so many companies so he obviously makes a good amount of money and he's like and this is a non-negotiable for me so yes my personal assistant has signed an NDA like they know that whatever they're seeing on my in my inbox they cannot discuss. And if I can do that with my assistant, then you have no reason not to also. Yep. So um, I think our next episode will be... You getting an assistant? Yeah. And and I know that Colin has been like my right hand with so many things, but she also is still sitting chairside and doing dentistry and doing all the back office manager stuff for Smile & Co. So it's it's one more thing that I don't want Colin to have to, to 
do. Mm -hmm. She already manages my calendar, but she's not managing my life's calendar. She's managing work calendar. Work calendar. Yeah. Like like between practices and date nights. Like he said, if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen. Like your workouts, they all have to be scheduled. And then he talks about time blocking. Like on Wednesday mornings from 8 to 10, that is my dedicated podcasting time. Because I do want to make podcasting a priority again. I know. I know. It's been... So speaking of the editors, we're going to cue the last seven times that Ashley said that on the podcast. I mean, you guys, I love, I love this community and I love talking and I love like sharing what's happening in, in not just my professional life and not just Smile and Co. And, and the transition that we've made from when we first started opening to five years to now opening a second location. I want you guys to be there along for the ride. And you know that I'm an open book. Like I talk about the highs and lows and and I always want to have that dialogue. And, and when I'm doing all of the things in the office, I, I don't schedule the time, even though this is something that lights me up. In, in fact, like little black dress, like something that completely lights me up and just fills my cup is being able to connect with, with women, like not just dentists. I mean, for the good majority of our, our guests, we, we've had dentists, but we've talked about so many things on that show. And I haven't lined up any other interview because between the, the three kids, the one and a half practices soon to be two, and getting my shit together, like it's just not happening. You know what's funny? coming full circle with this conversation uh, this is the face you make every time that you know i'm gonna say something this that's gonna piss face. you off this is just my face um, I, I don't know what to do um, most of the time when i'm encouraging you to oh, yeah. do something on a friday particularly usually right. because you almost never clinical on fridays usually your answer is either i'm paying bills yeah. Or I'm catching up on emails. Or I'm scanning and shredding. Literally, yeah. the things that you just said need to get offloaded so you can be able to oh, do things so much. that actually fill you up yeah. are the things that for the better it. part of the past six months, maybe a year, have literally occupied the time that previously was set for your podcasting. Oh my gosh, it's so true. You know what I want? Like, in addition to a personal assistant, an an administrative assistant. I want someone to go through the gigs and gigs and gigs of videos and photos and catalog them and edit them and put them somewhere. I've spent so much time. So if you're in the greater Sacramento, if you're anywhere... (laughs) And uh, you know a a, a young uh, person who's looking for a fun job of sifting through pictures and videos uh, that would love to be able to uh, create some content for the making of and or Smile and Company. Um, reach out to us, Dr. Ashley at smileandcompany.com. <laughs> Ash, I called you Ash. That's funny. Uh, so- <laughs>
<laughs> Sign us out. I think we're. Uh, I think we've uh, overstayed our welcome. Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Making of a Smiling Co. Look at us. We are consistent. Two weeks. Not bad. With my awesome co-host, um, my cohabitant. Um, this is why it's getting done. And you guys, you, I love, I love you guys so much that I got off the couch. <laughs> I mean, my, my boys are not at home. It's quiet. And instead of having that downtime, because, oh gosh, I love TV and and movies so much. All I want to do is like cuddle on the couch with my husband. And I love you guys more that we stopped just to record. No Netflix and chill this afternoon. No Netflix and chill. And I, I really want you guys to reach out. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know if you have an assistant. Let me know if you are also self-sabotaging, apparently. I I disagree. I'm trying to make it better. That's all we're trying to do. That's Be- all we're trying to do. Better every day. Make it better. And, um, and yeah, l- l- join our Facebook communities. If you don't already know, the making of a dental startup on Facebook. We have a general group as well as a doctor's only group. We are throwing our second retreat in November. We don't have a venue yet because I have been so busy um, scanning, shredding, and checking emails. So (laughs) I fly to Scottsdale next week and I'm meeting with a a big luxury hotel and she's going to be touring me around. So we'll see if that's a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm nervous about throwing it not in wine country. Yeah. Just so you guys all know, if you're listening this far, you're, you're our people, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I mean, being in California, being a place that we can drive to obviously made everything a little bit easier for coordination. Yeah. Um, trying to cross the bridge of throwing it out of state, though we want to, and though I think it would be great to have a place that uh, a new different luxury destination all the time yeah it is a little scary but it's scary we'll figure it out well we can talk about that next episode all right peace out y'all bye guys